Most of us experience a shift in life, a movement from ourselves, building our life, career, toys, a shift to thinking about others and the contributions we make to the world. Of course, most of what we pass on is who we've been, relationships, how we've treated people, a living legacy of sorts. And so the question, what do we pass down? Of course, not leaving a legacy for those around us is not an option. We will pass something on, good or not. So what do we want to leave? Today I interview Steve Makia. He's the founder and president of Leadership Transformations. We talk about a project he began leading up to his 60th birthday. He turned it into a book. It's simply titled Legacy. 60 Reflections for the Next Generation. Steve offers us an example, quite easy for us to follow, leaving letters to our loved ones, directly passing down insights and lessons that have mattered most to us. My name is Nathan Foster, and welcome to the Renovare Weekly Podcast. Do you prefer, yeah, do you prefer me saying Nate or Nathan? Just tell me. Whichever Please. you like. I mean, I... I did this thing at, at 40 where I said, I want to start going by Nate. Okay. You know, because it just, I don't, I don't know why I, like I did it. that. But what, do you call your, your son is Nathan. Do you call him why? Nate? Nate. That's, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a little more casual. We do Nate the Great, but I won't do that to you. Hey, <laughs> I'm all about Nate the Great. <laughs> do you remember the books? He, he likes pancakes or <laughs> something. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh. But anyway. Well, okay, Nate. Steve, you have written a new book. I have. You did something really cool for your 60th birthday. Can you tell people about your project? Yeah. I, I remember when I turned 57, actually, that I, I was like, I don't want to turn 60 ever. <laughs> so for three years, I fought it uh, like crazy. But I lost because you can't kind of fight the aging process. So uh, in the middle of the winter before my 60th birthday, on a January Saturday morning, I was praying about turning 60. Mm -hmm. And I seriously sensed that the Lord was saying to me, stop whining uh, and start writing Mm -hmm. and give your children uh, some of your best reflections. So, true story, that morning, I outlined this book, Legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in one two-hour period with the Lord, uh, the, the major categories and the specific topics emerged. It popped. So mm-hmm. It popped. So, I had the outline in one Saturday morning. But then I had to look at this and say, okay, maybe we could carve it down to like 10 Uh or 20 reflections. But the 60 stuck. And for the next eight months after that, I purposed to spend some time writing reflections for my children in these 60 areas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So after I was done with the first 20, I asked the Lord, do I really have to continue? <laughs> and after 40, it's like, I'm almost exhausted. I don't know if I'm going to get this thing done. 
and I got 60 reflections written before the weekend before my, my birthday. birthday. And then I surprised my children uh, by handing them this little book that I wrote for them. And their reactions were awesome. Mm. Um, I'll never forget. And it was a sweet moment. And I said, if, if I live to 70, I'll write 10 more. If I live to 80, I'll write 10 more. And we'll just keep adding to it. But these are things that I just want you to know because I love you. And I'm not sure I um, purposed along the way to really share these reflections with you. But I want you to have them now. Mm-hmm. And these are these are essentially letters you've written to your kids of things you want them to know, uh, to pass on. Yeah, basically, you know, 60 letters, I guess, would be a way to describe it. The book title is Legacy, 60 Life Reflections for the Next Generation. After I wrote it and I started talking to people about what I did for my kids, they said, oh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. So I finally just decided, okay, we'll take out the super personal stuff and genericize it to the place where perhaps it would be helpful for a wider audience. And that's Mm -hmm. really what I'm hoping uh, it will be. Yep. And yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Life reflections is probably better than than letters to say. What what did this idea of legacy of passing something down? Um, why is that important for us to do? Yeah, good question. Uh, I think bottom line is we we all have a legacy that we're leaving behind, no matter <laughs> good or bad, no matter what. Right. I think the question for me became. What do I purposefully want to hand off to my children Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that matters to me as a man of God, a man of faith, uh, their father? And it was it was asking more that question. You know, what do I purposefully or intentionally want to share with them or have them remember of me that I think is important? And I think it's a biblical term. You know, we we see it in the in the biblical text with all sorts of people. Passing along, we hear us as all throughout church history and even in modern day, we refer back, we reflect back on biblical characters or people in church history. I mean, we're recording this today on the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Mm. Who on a day like this can't remember what Martin Luther did? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His legacy created a whole movement uh, that 500 years later, we are still a part of. Mm-hmm. So I think the concept of legacy is biblical, it's historical, and it's personal for us in our own in our own daily lives. And like I said, we're going to pass something on. Uh, why not purpose to pass on the mm-hmm. things that matter most? Even though in this book, I, you know, I, I talk about mistakes that I've made and things that I regret about myself and my humanness, and I try to make it as honest as I possibly can be. This isn't just flowery language mm-hmm. that says, ooh, look at your dad, he's this perfect person. No, quite the opposite. I'm I'm a sinner in, in daily need of grace, and I'm trying to tell my kids, you know, mm-hmm. you've seen this. It's been pretty clear living with me and knowing me that I'm not a perfect man. Far sure. from it. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, but I'm trying to see, you know, what is the redemptive work that God is trying to do in me and for them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through the life that we share as a little church, you know, this little family that the Machias have been, <laughs> even though they're grown up now. And they, I was just told by our son and daughter in love that I'm going to actually be a grandfather hey. coming up in April next year. So 
you know, there's another another piece of the generation uh, that's that's coming to fruition. So. Mm-hmm. I heard a quote a few years ago, and I think it was something from Richard Rohr, but essentially each generation has to find their own way, and we have to kind of figure some of this out. But these tools, these echoes of voices from the past, they guide. Very helpful. Yeah, I, I think they do, and we're relational beings, so we're going to learn from those that are around us. We're either going to accept or reject the examples of others, you know, we're not meant to live in isolation. We're meant to live in community and that's how God created us. Mm-hmm. So what are we giving to one another? I know that part of my legacy will be those that are within my family and those that are wider than my family. So mm-hmm. even writing this and handing it off to a younger leader, you know, I'm, I'm potentially impacting their life and their walk with God even though I'm not their earthly father, there may be a fatherliness to my relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And if I can help them, you know, praise God. Mm-hmm. I really like uh, the categories that you came up with because some of it's, you know, very kind of practical, but then there's a spiritual and a relational. Um, I wonder if I could just read the categories. Yeah. Because one thing you do with this that I didn't really expect coming was you're inviting us to do the same. And you have a it's kind of a workbook piece. But I think these categories are perfect for any huh. of us that are wanting to kind of pass on things we've learned, things we've experienced to others. Awesome. So let me read these. So the first one's lessons learned, decisions made, mistakes regretted, relationships enjoyed, Words spoken, pilgrimages traveled, biblical heroes, scripture favorites, messages believed, practices lived, truths upheld, and memories treasured. Those are just really, really good framework. How did your kids receive this? Uh, My son was stunned and my daughter started to weep. Mm. And they looked at this, they're like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. What do I, what do we do with it? And I said, just take your time, read it at your leisure, uh, or hold it for five more years and then touch it. I don't know how you (laughs) want to deal with it, but I just want you to know that on my 60th birthday, this is what I want to give to you Mm -hmm. more than anything. Mm -hmm. And I know you're going to probably give me a gift or two, but really this, this is what I want to give to you. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know that this is, I've sought to love you and care for you, provide for you. Mm-hmm. I've done it incredibly imperfectly, but with a heart and a desire to raise you up in a household of faith mm-hmm. so that you too can walk with God and carry on this kind of legacy for generations to come. Mm-hmm. So I had I didn't have a big speech in mind. <laughs> I, I more just wanted to surprise them with the the book. And my daughter just recently said, you know, Dad, I'm still reading. I'm still reading mm-hmm. uh, Legacy. Mm-hmm. And I said, which one are you reading? The one that's published for the wider world or the one I gave you? She said, oh, definitely the one I, you gave me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I hope that they can, you know, continue to reflect on it, go deep. Uh-huh. and consider their life as a result. Well, you, you 
found the perfect cure to deal with a difficult birthday to face is to give a gift to someone else, right? In the process. Yeah. I, I assume it made turning 60 a little, uh, a little more purposeful, a little easier. It, it definitely be, became much easier to turn 60. And um, it was helpful to me to see, you know, that I, I don't need to resist the aging process. If I embrace it for mm-hmm. all that it is and all that it means, I can actually say, yeah, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not 40 anymore. I am. Well, now I'm 61, but I am who I am. I'm at the age where I, I'm at. Mm-hmm. And I really do believe that something happens when you, as you age, you realize life isn't all about you. It's Mm -hmm. about what you're able to offer to another. Mm -hmm. So swallow the pride. The world doesn't revolve around you. You are not God. It's time to really get serious about passing the torch. And I've said ever, ever since I turned 50, I've said everyone who turns 50 needs to have someone beside them that is meaningfully receiving from you and that you are meaningfully receiving from them. So Mm. I've purposed in the last decade to really surround myself with twenties and thirties that are so different, so completely different from me. But I want to be with young leaders because I want to learn from them. I want to glean from them, Mm -hmm. but I also want to give them the keys to the car. And and I want to sit in the passenger seat (laughs) literally and figuratively, because if I don't do that, then how am I truly passing the torch to another generation? Is it just come and watch me? Mm. No, it's it's come and be beside me. Let me come alongside you and not just be with you, but be for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want everyone that I'm with, especially the younger ones, to know that I'm for you. I, I believe in you. I want to give you meaningful work. Um, not just have you sort of watch me and somehow emulate me. No, I, I, yes, I want to be purposeful in what I do for you, but I care about who you're becoming Mm -hmm. as a man or a woman of God. Mm -hmm. Well, is it safe to say that you've set up LTI in in such a way with your staff? I mean, you've surrounded with some younger people that you're pouring into? I am and have been and, and hope to continue to do because I know that I, you know, I want to pass this ministry on to another generation. I want to live long enough to have done that, watch that, celebrate that, and continue to sort of work my way into the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, thank God I've got some amazing people that are around me that are, that are taking on the responsibility in a meaningful way and, and different, unique to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but the principles that we're adhering to, we believe in together. But the practices, the way in which it's being lived out by the next generation, are going to look different than how, how I did it. So my question is, will I be able to celebrate that? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to control that and try to right. manipulate that? And isn't that one of the pieces that can often be difficult for leaders Because it requires some humility to sit in the passenger seat, particularly when you have lots to offer. But this kind of mentoring, helping, empowering, supporting. Yeah, I I think it's huge. Uh, But as we know, those of us who have been in the spiritual formation movement for any, any number of years, it's better to come alongside another and listen to their heart's desire. Mm hmm. 
than to always feel like you have to teach them what their heart's desire is to be. (laughs) So if I can do that meaningfully and celebrate who God made the other person to be and to become, and then watch that person thrive in my presence, in my midst, or a part of my Mm -hmm. ministry, Mm -hmm. is that not far more um, endearing to them and fruitful for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. So I've tried to establish in our ministry the principles that matter, mm-hmm. but the way in which those principles are lived out practically or programmatically or um, even resource development-wise, I want to see their personality emerge in it. Mm-hmm. So therefore, mm-hmm. if we're practicing in a different way than what we did originally, that's okay. That's mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. okay. Um, but it's holding all things with open, outstretched hands. It's and not a desire to control and manipulate, but instead to release and to watch others flourish. In fact, I've always said the measure of my effectiveness as, in a lead, as a leader is whether you are flourishing in my presence or not. Mm. That's the effect. That's my effectiveness is in your flourishing. Mm-hmm. And if you're not flourishing, then I'm not an effective leader. Mm. So I'll take that ownership back onto myself to say, okay, what can I do differently to help you flourish? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good. I mean, really, in a sense, this idea of legacy and passing something on, this isn't just your 60-year project. This has been your, your ministry for years now. Yeah, it's a good way to look at it. Thanks, Nate. I, I hope so. I really do hope so. Um, and I love being in the presence of those that are younger than me, as well as I love being receiving of wisdom of those that are older than me. Mm-hmm. And I had one person say to me once, you know, we, we will eventually outgrow the need to be mentored. And I totally disagree. Mm-hmm. I just totally disagree. I don't think we ever outgrow it because there's always going to be people older and wiser than me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what my age may be. And I want to glean from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I want to be able to, pour my life out for another, for mm-hmm. another generation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think we're always sort of in between, mm-hmm. you know, as we, as we progress in life. We're between previous seasons and the next season. So, yeah, I think it needs to be a part of sort of who we are mm-hmm. uh, as men and women of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I try to have three relationships going with multiple people, but spaces where I'm kind of pouring in or, you know, it's more of a mentor piece, uh-huh. spaces that are kind of peer like, and then spaces where I'm just sitting, taking notes, you know, <laughs> but if one's off balance, it's not real healthy. I mean, if I'm just learning and not giving away, that's not healthy. And if I'm just pouring out, that's just recipe for burnout. That's good. That's really good wisdom, man. Mm. You know, I think I'm, people, I'm sure uh, I learned it from someone's legacy. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, isn't it uh, true that somebody would say, we need a Paul in our life, we need a Timothy in our life, and we need a Barnabas in our yeah, life? There you go. And I think, in essence, that's what you're, that's what you're describing. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very healthy. And, and when it's off kilter, we need to turn to either a mentor or a mentor or a friend and say, yeah, I need some time. I need mm-hmm. some time with you. That's good for our souls. Mm-hmm. It is. 
How did you pick this up years ago? The wisdom and the ability to move into some of this humility of, you know, I'm a leader, I'm out front, but it's not about me and I can give up some power and control and, and let others lead. How did you, how'd you learn to do that? Uh, well, I'm still learning how to do that. Um, and it's most likely from the examples of others that I, that I honor. And it's, it's the people in my life that I've seen exhibit great quality of life through humility, through a desire to put the other first. I'm thinking of a, a guy by the name of Hugh Corey, who um, I got to know as a, as a brother, as a friend, but he was much older than I. But he always had my best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would enter the space that I was in. He'd throw his arms around me. He'd kiss me on the cheek. <laughs> and he would say how much he believed in me. And yet he would, you know, sit off in the back corner. And I knew he was always there to pray for me, to love on me, to be with me. Those kinds of people, I'm like, there is something special mm-hmm. in that man. Mm-hmm. And I want what he has. Mm-hmm. So I would hang around with those kind of guys to say, just, I want this stuff to rub off onto me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to... Because I need it. I'm a pride-filled, competitive-spirited man, and I need a little bit of your grace and humility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm still a pride-filled, competitive-spirited man <laughs> in need of people around me that can show me what humility looks like. Yes. Yeah. And then be willing when humble times come my way that I'm willing to be dirt and, mm-hmm. you know, be eat a little be last, be hidden. That's been a big word of me of late, for me of late. Can, can I can I really be hidden? Mm. Am, I, am I willing to be hidden in Christ mm-hmm. and hidden in a full room of people? Mm-hmm. Can I be can I be last in in people thinking of me or my ministry? Can I can I truly let those competitive edges in me be washed away. Mm-hmm. It's a hard question. Those are hard questions. Mm-hmm. They're all related. They're all basically the same. But it's through those kinds of challenging days that God has been, I think, softening the edges um, and warming my heart mm-hmm. more, more towards his priorities for mm-hmm. me. It's It's a death of ego, but it's a beautiful death because there's a there's an ease and a, a beauty of yeah. being hidden. Yeah. yeah, but who wants to die that way? <laughs> you know, we want to hold on to our ego. We want to promote our ego. We want you to know we want each other to notice us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think you're spot on, man. You know, mm-hmm. how how do we let that go? It's only through prayer. It's only through the power of the spirit to take over. Mm. to reign supreme in our hearts. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I have a quote, a, a prayer that I've been working with that ties in here quite well. There it is. It, it, you know it's a good one when it made it in the permanent journal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I need it. I've been working with it. Okay, so apparently this is credited by St. Francis. Mm. Deliver me, Jesus, from the desire 
to be praised, to be honored, to be glorified. Deliver me, Jesus, from the desire to be preferred, to be consulted, to be approved. Deliver me, Jesus, from the fear of being humiliated, criticized, forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus, from the fear of being mistreated, ridiculed, and the fear of what others think. Oh, Jesus, give me the grace that others would love ahead of me, that others would be esteemed ahead of me, that in the eyes of the world they would increase while I decrease, that others would be praised while I pass by unnoticed, that others would become more holy than I, in order that I myself would be as holy as you expect me to be. Oof. Isn't that cool? That is awesome. You know what I've been doing? I've been working with it because it's divided in this, you know, deliver me from the desire and then deliver me from the fear. And I, I, I've been writing my own, right? You know, because wow. I can relate to some of these words, but I've got my right. own desires and my own fears that get in the way That's, of all this. Yes, yes I, I can relate. <laughs> That's a beautiful prayer, Nate. That is a beautiful prayer. Mm. May it be so in our hearts and lives. May yeah. it be so. Yeah, it's good. You know, you reminded me of a, a story when you're talking about legacy and how leaders pass some of these things on. And it was, you know, for me, when I started doing public speaking, I just, it was kind of a under the radar thing. And, you know, I, might, I don't think my dad even knew I was doing it. And then it'd been a number of talks before he actually heard me talk. And, and you know what he did? He sat in the front row and took notes. Mm-hmm. Do you know awesome. what that did to me? This sense awesome. of like, oh my goodness, you think I have something important to say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I've, I've worked that practice with other people that I'm doing speaking with. It's just, you know, sitting there taking notes that this is our leadership. This is how we love people and support each other. That's <laughs> awesome. That's an awesome story. I love that. Yeah. Uh, when my daughter was probably three years old, she went with me. On a speaking engagement, we went. We drove up to Maine. Uh-huh. We stayed in like a dumpy little motel overnight. Got her all dressed up and pretty for church the next morning. Sat her with some friends in the like the third row of uh, the church, and she's little, very little. But when I was speaking, she was all eyes on me. She was just like <laughs> watching me like crazy. When I was done, she applauded. <laughs> And no one else didn't knew what to do, but they joined they joined my little daughter in applauding for the preacher. But yeah, when you know someone's with you and for you and believes in you and wants to take notes about what you're saying, and that person happens to be your father, mm-hmm. that is awesome. What a gift. Mm-hmm. What a gift. You know, the the thing is I was working with your book is thinking about what a gift you give. Long term. So, I mean, I like I, my dad's parents, they died before I was born, never met him. What I wouldn't give I know. even a paragraph of I know nothing about them, but just, you know, to have an essay or two about things they'd want to pass on to me as their grandchild. Oh, gosh, that'd be my most valuable possession. I know. And I feel the same way. I, I regret that we didn't, you know, tape record my parents and grandparents, because I wish for the same thing. There's so much we missed from the previous generation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I agree, man. 
Well, what's so good about your project is one, we can all do it. And even in our messes, right? So, Hey, here's something I learned from really screwing up. Here's, here's something I learned from something I, well, I did, but that, that it's available to all of us uh, who have people we care about in this world that we'd like to pass something on to. Yeah, that's why we made it into a workbook. So every section has a place for the reader to sit and reflect on some questions for themselves. What, what would they like to say mm-hmm. to their children and grandchildren or the people that surround them? And uh, I like that, you know, it's a workbook that has some some longevity to it for every reader uh, mm-hmm. that comes in contact uh, with this book. So, Well, you've inspired me. I want to try and do something like this for my kids. Hey, give us a, a brief snapshot. How are things with LTI? What, what are you guys up to these days? LTI is doing well, uh, flourishing in ways that go beyond uh, anything I could ever ask or dream or imagine. Um, I'm delighted with our SELA program, Spiritual Mm -hmm. Direction Certificate Program, that is now on the East Coast and the West Coast and doing really, really well. Our Emmaus program for spiritual leaders that are coming away for retreat four times a year, that continues to grow in marvelous ways. I just love watching God at work. Uh, in the midst of these retreats that are much more focused on rest and reflection than on content and teaching. We do mm-hmm. one topic at a time, but we give people a lot of space just to sort of pray and and um, work through the you know the the challenge of being alone with God, uh, even amidst uh, one another in community. So that's marvelous to just watch the transformation that occurs in that setting. And then we get to work with all sorts of young leaders through Gordon Conwell, uh, the Pierce Center. I love that because we get to take students that are practicing to become a minister or missionary or counselor uh, and pull them away, give them space (laughs) to settle down and stop producing and instead Mm. become all that God intends for them. So. Uh, and then we work with all sorts of organizations and denominations, helping them do their leadership development with a soul care emphasis. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been amazing. It's been a great journey, Nate. Mm. And Renovari continues to be an inspiration and a motivation to us. Mm. You you are our leaders, and we're trying to follow fervently <laughs> in your footsteps and keep gleaning from you. And the myriad ways that Renovari has remained so faithful mm-hmm. uh, through your father's generation and now and now you and Chris and others that are leading so well. So thank you. Oh, God cool. bless you for your work. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, you guys certainly are a, a light in the Northeast and and beyond. I love I love what you guys do. Thanks, man. Well, there you have it. Again, the name of Steve's book is Legacy, 60 Life Reflections for the Next Generation. You can find out more about Steve and his book at leadershiptransformations.org. Hey, thanks for listening. Have a great week.